memory verse this week? I'll give you credit if you can do half of it. Okay. And then you have to do the second half when you do the verse for next week. I can do that because I won't be here. See, so that. That's a long verse. I get, I get it half right. Yes. Amen. Michael Shelton, open us a word of prayer. Amen. You're going to be opening your Bibles up to 1 Kings chapter 1 to start. But again, we watched last week with David having to confess his sin, getting it right with God. And today we see Solomon, his son, being enthroned. There it is. The lesson, again, he's the second son of David and Bathsheba. What happened to the first son? The baby died, okay, because of David's sin. David is a man after God's own heart. The second time, when he, a son is born unto him, there's major promises giving. I want you to understand that. See, whom the Lord loveth, he and scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you receive not chastening, the Bible says in Hebrews, you're bastards and not sons. And what we have here in this passage is you can learn the blessing of God comes when we're open, honest, and real with him. Okay? Everything is naked and open under the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And so the issue with this and what we see with Solomon, again, the passage we're going to look at, David was a man of war. David wasn't a perfect king, but David was a man who loved God. His son Solomon was a man of peace, but Solomon wasn't a perfect man. But he received the blessings of God in his life. And so many times what happens, how many times you ever hear a Christian say, well, I used to do that. When I first got saved, I used to do this, 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 and this. You know, it's like my father used to kid me because he says, I used to coulda, and someday you're going to get old enough, you used to coulda too, you can't do it now. But what happens to us, even though our physical bodies start deteriorating, our spiritual life is to continue to grow. Okay, and so many times what we find is, you know, your you let your physical body hinder your willingness in your relationship with your Savior. And I just want to admonish you and encourage you, that need not be. Okay, can you do everything you did when you were a teenager? No. You can't do it, what you used to do physically. But you know what you can do? You can do it smarter. Right? It's not work harder, it's work smarter. Okay, why? Because of what you've learned to be able to perform still and having God use you. 
Well, I can't go to the street corners anymore. Well, can you pray for the people who go to the street corner? I can't do this. Well, what can you do? Because you remember, I, I think of a woman who turned around and she was being accused by others because she took a very expensive oil and poured it over the feet of Jesus. Okay, she washed her feet with, his t with her tears and then she turned around and she wiped her, the tears away with her feet and then anointed his feet with oil. And she was being accused by who? Judas Iscariot, you know, that money could have been taken and fed the, fed the poor. Well, he didn't care about that. But accusations will come from worldly people observing the thing, right? And what did Jesus say? She hath done what she could. I have a, a note in my Bible, in the New Testament, I can't think right where it is, it just come to mind. Uh, one of the evangelists we had come in, and it says, no telling what you could do if you would do. So, so many times it's a case of us deciding, are we willing, and what God will use us for in that. So we see here with, with Solomon, he's, he was promised the throne. And I want you to turn to 1 Kings chapter 1. 1 Kings chapter 1, it says, Now King David was old and stricken in years, and they covered him with clothes, that he, but he got no heat. Just seems like as you get older, the thermostat goes up. Right? Wherefore his servants said unto him, Let there be sought for my lord the king a young virgin, and let her stand before the king, and let her cherish him, and let her lie in thy bosom, that my lord the king may get heat. So they sought a fair damsel throughout all the coast of Israel, and found Abishag the Shumanite, and brought her to the king. The damsel was very fair, and cherished the king, and ministered to him, but the king knew her not. So there was what? There wasn't a sexual relationship there. Okay? Then Adonijah, the son of Haggith, exalted himself, saying, I will be king, and prepared him chariots and horsemen and fifty men to run before him. And his father had not displeased him at any time, and saying, Why hast thou done so? And he also was very goodly man, and his mother bare him after Absalom. Now, you've got to remember sometimes one of the worst things you can do with your kids is not to call them short when they overstep. No, we don't want to hurt their feelings. Well, wait a minute. Train up a child in the way, Proverbs 22, 6. In the way he should go, and when he is old, he'll not depart from it. Here's a young man trying to make himself king, and it wasn't his position. And he conferred with Joab, the son of Zeruah, and Abiathar, the priest, and they following Adonijah helped him. But Zadok the priest, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and Nathan the prophet, and Shimei, and Rei, the mighty men which belonged to David, were not with Adonijah. And Adonijah slew sheep and oxen and fat cattle by the stone of Zeloheth, which is by Enrogel, and called all his brethren the king's sons, and all the men of Judah to the king's servants. But Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah, and the mighty men, and Solomon his brother, he called not. Isn't it interesting, you know, when... You want to get somebody on your side, you give them stuff. Right? Now here that he was putting on a big party for him, and everyone's invited but the one who was supposed to be the king. So you see this here. And Adonijah was David's fourth son. Look at 2 Samuel chapter 
3. Did I mark this? 2 Samuel chapter 3. And he starts listing his son in verse 2. It says, And unto David were born in Hebron, and his firstborn was Ammon of Ahiloam, the Jezreelitess, and his second Kiliab of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite, and the third Absalom, the son of Mekah, the daughter of Talmel, king of Geshur, and the fourth Adonijah, the son of Haggith, and the fifth Shephatiah, the son of Abital. See, he was the fourth son born. He wasn't the one in line for the throne. All right? And he wasn't the one, you've got to realize so many times, who puts people in positions of power and who takes them down? God. We get the president we deserve. Do you understand? You get the king you deserve. They wouldn't be in position because God can put him in, he can take him out. Okay, so you want it to change? Do more what God would have you to do. If the professing Christians in America voted according to biblical standards or according to what God's will would be, we would not have the issues we have in this country. There would be no gender confusion. Okay? There would be no promotion of that which in this country we live in today, good is called evil and evil is called good. You take a stand as a Christian and you're called all sorts of names. You just really are. You know, I, I'm a homophobic. I'm a transophobic. I didn't know I was afraid of that many things. Phobia is something you have a, a fear of. You know, I'm a government phobic. Okay? But you don't have to agree with me, but you've got to understand, greater is he that is what? Than he that is in the world. And he was expecting, Adonijah was expecting to be heir to the throne. David was on his deathbed, and before Solomon was formally anointed king, Adonijah plotted for the kingdom. That's what you saw him doing. David's three loyal servants took matters in his own hands, and they informed Bathsheba. And see, if you go back to our text, and we started off in 1 Kings 1, verse 11, Wherefore Nathan spake unto Bathsheba, the mother of Solomon, saying, Hast thou not heard that Adonijah, the son of Haggith, doth reign, and David our Lord knoweth it not? Now therefore come, let me, I pray thee, give thee counsel, that thou mayest save thine own life and the life of thy son Solomon. Ruling families can be very rough. Okay? You've got to remember, what happened to Joseph by his brothers with jealousy? In the Bible, you see, when God promotes somebody, there's, you're going to come against it. And what we have here is Nathan's telling the truth because the rightful one God declared to have the throne, we're going to see in a minute, was supposed to be Solomon. So what is he going to do? His life and his mother's life are now in danger because of that. 1 Kings chapter 1. Verses 8 through 31, you see everything taking place here. And she, Bathsheba goes to David and she tells him this, this plot has taken place, okay? 
She took the message to David. Do you know a lot of problems in marriages <laughs> can be resolved if people would just talk to each other? We get caught up. I got in trouble my own self with my wife past week. I counsel people all the time in marriages. Do not use two words in your relationship. Always and never. You always do this. You never do this. And at one point I told my wife, you always. And she looks at me and goes, always? And I knew, and she knew, I was wrong at that moment. Okay? The only person who's always right is seated at the right hand of the Father in glory. Amen? And it's not always that way. And so what you're going to find here is that she had to go and talk to David. And she did in the, in the passage here. We won't read all the verses for the sake of time, but she does. And what you find, when David finds out what's taking place, oh, I'll jump down to verse 28 of chapter 1. Then King David answered and said, Call me Bathsheba. And she came into the king's presence and stood before the king. And the king sware and said, As the Lord liveth, that hath redeemed my soul out of all distress, even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. Then Bathsheba bowed her face to the earth and did reverence to the king and said, Let my lord, the king David, live forever. Okay, so what you have here, that is the fulfillment of what it was supposed to take place. Okay, let me see here. Look at verse 13. Go and get thee unto King David, and say unto him, Did not thou, my lord, O king, swear unto thine handmaid, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, okay, thy son shall reign after me, and he shall sit upon my throne. Why then doth Adonijah reign? The promises were given. But it's also, we're going to see in a minute, we'll look at the verses, because Solomon was God's choice. David swore it, but it was God who wanted him to sit and be there. Because what you have is your memory verse. Turn to 1 Chronicles 22. 1 Chronicles 22. In verse 6. Then he called for Solomon his son and charged him to build the house for the Lord God of Israel. And David said to Solomon, My son, as for me, it was in my mind to build a house unto the name of the Lord my God. But the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Now who's the word of the Lord? Okay. Saying, Thou hast shed blood abundantly and hast made great wars. Thou shalt not build a house unto my name, because thou hast shed much blood upon the earth in my sight. Behold, a son shall be born to thee, who shall be a man of rest. And I will give to him rest from all his enemies round about him, and his name shall be what? And I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. God made the choice. If we're listening to what God says to us, so many times our choices won't be that difficult. Whenever I think about this, I think of the story about this preacher who was walking down this road and he came to this four corners and there was a woman in the, in the, the four corners. 
and she was picking up a stick and throwing it in the air. And the stick would hit, and she'd go, no, and she'd pick it up and she'd throw it again. And it came down and it would hit, and she picked it up, and at the third time, the preacher asked her, what are you doing? And she says, well, I want God to direct my way, so I said, I'm going to throw this stick up in the air, and whatever direction it points, that direction I'm going to go. And he says, but you're throwing it three times. She says, yeah, but it's not pointing where I want to be. You know what we do sometimes? We don't listen to where God would have us go. We decide where we want to be and then try to make God fit into it. Amen? Okay. So we have these issues that we deal with this. (laughs) And, you know, so many times the theme of your lesson is this. Death is an appointment we all must keep unless the rapture happens first. Passing down wise and godly counsel to children is a must because that's what David was supposed to do with Solomon. Okay, so we do this. You can find in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 10. It says, So David slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David. In the days that David reigned over Israel were forty years. Seven years reigned he in Hebron, and thirty and three years reigned he in Jerusalem. See, he dies at age of seventy-one. That's kind of sobering to me. (laughs) Okay? He had reigned 40 years. They said he wasn't perfect, but he did have a heart for God. Isn't it interesting that the baby conceived in David and Bathsheba's sin paid the price for David and Bathsheba's sin? Psalm 51 says, takes place, and David confesses, and he says to God, against thee and thee only have I sinned and done this. And then he says, restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. And then makes promises to God that then sinners will be converted. He is going to, he confessed it to God, and then was going to live in the right manner. And so what happens? The very next child born from David and Bathsheba is Solomon. When God says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, you know what he means? He forgives us. He does not, when you give it to God, he does not see you through that sin. You know what the problem many Christians have? We'll let the Satan use the guilt to keep us from doing what God would have us to do because of something we've already given to God. The Apostle Paul was a religious zealot who murdered people when he was Saul. Saul, Saul, why kickest thou against the pricks? He comes, he has his come to Jesus moment, right, on the road to Damascus. He gets saved. And he gives us, by God's mercy and grace, over half the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? Half the New Testament came from 
the inspiration of God through the Apostle Paul. And what does he tell us about the judgment seat of Christ? Forgetting those things that are behind. If you've given it to him, give it to him. Now, it's going to take people in the world maybe longer to forget that because we're not as forgiving and merciful as God is. But it says, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to that which is before, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Jesus. If you've given it to God, God says, I've separated you from that sin as far as the east is from the west. Psalm 103. I've taken all your transgressions and I've thrown them behind my back. I've taken them and I'd only threw them behind my back. I threw them in the depths of the sea, the sea of forgetfulness. God chooses not to think about them. And that's why Old Testament saints like David were told he's a man after God's own heart. And we don't hear about his murder of people and his infidelity. Like I told you before, you find out about just Lot, right? Today, what would happen to Lot? He got drunk and did what? Fathered children out of his daughters. And the Bible says, just Lot vexed his righteous soul with the filthy conversation of the wicked. That's the only thing you hear about him. Because God refuses to see you through your failure. Satan wants you to see yourself through all your failures. Because you know what? You'll either say, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't. I can't. Or when you see the way God sees you, when you've sought his forgiveness, you will see, I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Philippians 4.13. So we turn around, and Solomon was chosen. We read those verses. In 1 Kings 1.30, David chooses Solomon. Even as I swear unto thee by the Lord God of Israel, saying, Assuredly, Solomon, thy, thy son, shall reign after me, and he shall sit up on my throne in my stead. Even so will I certainly do this day. He was chosen. Now I find it interesting. In 144, look at verse 44 of 1 Kings 1. And the king hath sent with him Zadok the priest, and Nathan the prophet, and Benaniah the son of Jehoiada, and and the Cherethites and the Pelethites, and they have caused him to write upon what? Tradition was the king would be introduced riding into Jerusalem upon a mule. Oh, who came into Jerusalem on an ass, the fool of an ass? Jesus Christ. In many ways, you're going to see parallels between Solomon and Jesus. David was a man of war. In this life ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. Or in this world ye shall have tribulation. Be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. My peace I leave unto you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Solomon was a man of peace. 
Now look at 1 Kings chapter 2. Now the days of David drew nigh that he should die, and he charged Solomon his son, saying, and this is part of what I'm going to be doing with the, the kids over in junior church today, between this and Joshua 1. And it says, I go the way of all the earth, so be thou what? Strong, therefore. Now he's talking to Solomon, and he tells him, and show thyself a man. You're supposed to show thyself a man. Sometimes, you know, there's always the, the, the conundrum of that balance. Can two walk together lest they be agreed? But ultimately, I want you to know, every woman has been made to want to have a strong husband. Especially in a time of trouble. I always think it's so funny because, you know, they talked about it. And I read so many different things. I really do. Okay, I'm trying to understand people. I've always been that. I'm a keeper of odd knowledge, and I observe people all the time. If we go shopping many times, before we used to go to Destiny, I'd sit outside and just watch people. Okay? Donnie O'Brien would pick on me because I'd sit in Subway when he worked at Walmart, and I'd watch people. And I'd go, gee, thank God that's not my wife, you know, <laughs> these things like this. And, you, you know, you watch these kids, and they're like, oh, that kid's a brat. And I said, no, the parents have trained that child to act in that way and go through all these things and so i'd watch people but you know what you got when you have this thing is you need to understand there's one who is watching us everything is naked under the eyes of him with whom we have to do and he's telling solomon to show thyself a man Ephesians, you don't need to turn there, chapter 5, right? Husbands, love your wives as Christ so loved the church and gave himself for it. Wives, be in subjection, submission to your own husbands and everything. Well, it's not a problem if he's willing to lead. But if she has to make all the decisions and she has to lead in the home because he, he forgot to put on his big boy pants. Then women will do that. But that's not where they're the happiest because women sense love out of emotional security. I didn't say financial security. Out of emotional security. When you make them feel emotionally secure, they feel loved. When they're not emotionally secure, they don't feel as loved. Men sense love in a greater sense, not completely, out of respect. And when a man doesn't feel respected in his home, he doesn't feel loved. You say, how do you know that? Because I read and because I'm a man. Survey was done that said, you know, the thing about husbands, if you had to live in a home where you were told you were loved every day but you felt disrespected, or if you lived in a home where you were respected and you were hardly ever told you were loved, which would you choose? In the survey, 97% of all men said, in the home where I feel respected. Just the way it is. And see, men and women don't think the same. And it's a good thing. Because I can't stand myself half the time. I don't want my wife to be like me. <laughs> she doesn't want me to be like me. No. <laughs> see, I want you to see, he told him to act like a man. Look at that. Show thyself a man, and keep the charge of the Lord thy God to walk in what? There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. 
See? Walk in God's way, not your way. Keep His statutes. Well, I know what God's Word says, but I think. Oh, no, you don't think. That's why you don't keep God's Word. If I offended you with that, please talk to me about it afterwards, and I'll show you how you don't think. In His commandments, in His judgments, in His testimonies, as it is written in the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, and whithersoever thou turnest thyself. Isn't it interesting? You know what every parent wants? They want their children to do good. They want them to do well. They want them to prosper. My father said, I want you to be a better man than I am. You know what I've said to my boys? I'm fortunate. They're better men than me. Okay? I want them to be a better man than me. You want them to do well. You want them to prosper. In all that thou doest, so thou turnest thyself. Okay. The book of Joshua. Moses is dead. Joshua's taken over. And in verse 5 it says, There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shall thou divide for inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. He's to lead his people so that they can get what God had promised them. Only be strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law. See, you're supposed to do it. Which Moses thy servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. And the book, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therefore in it day and night that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then shall thou make thy way prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Have I not commanded thee, be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee, whithersoever thou goest. In verse 3 there, you're told to what? Keep the charge of the Lord thy God, walk in his ways, keep his statutes and his commandments and his judgments and his testimonies. As it is written the law of Moses, that thou mayest prosper in all that thou doest, whithersoever thou turnest thyself. You're trying to train your children, you want them to do well. They, do they rebel against what you're trying to teach them at times? I don't want to. Why? Why? The rule in my house was... I told you so, until they're old enough to understand. Because they start asking it before they have any concept about what really is the reason behind that. They can't understand it yet. And as they grow in understanding, they grow in obedience, then they're given a greater understanding. But before that, God didn't tell them. He said, this is the law, do it. Now he's saying, this is what's going to take place. He's going to bless. He wants men to act like men. And women to act like women. And not confusion, because God is not the author of confusion. So who is? See, what you're seeing taking place, this is happening around the world, just not in America. Transgenderism is a problem around the world. That's mankind shaking their fist at God, saying, I don't like the way you made me. The clay telling the potter, 
That's exactly what's taking place with that. That's why you see so many times these kids will go through these procedures and they get to be 20 years old and it's a woman who can't function as a woman anymore or a man who can't function as a man and their confusion is done away with. Do you realize that all little kids are kind of like, they're, they're not really, there's a certain part of every boy, you know, because they'll take a box and start pushing it and go rum, 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 right? Or they'll pick up a stick and they go bang, bang, bang. And little girls make, take the same box and make it a, a crib, a cradle, or a dollhouse, right? Little girls start making homes. Little boys start making messes. Okay, so there's, God made us different. But here we're told to be true to God's Word. Keep it, think it, memorize it, walk in it, preach it, teach it. Live by it, and you'll rule by it. Because you'll prosper and have good success. The very first president of the United States of America is who? You know, ask how many kids, college graduates, who can't tell you who the name of the, the first president is or the 16th president. Hmm? They can't even give you the name. Isn't that, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> okay. George Washington said this, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. His words. We need to pray for our leaders to have the same heart, don't we? You've got to rely on the promises of God. See, he told him what he needed to be. Be strong, be a man, keep the charge, walk in God's word, keep his statutes. You're going to prosper. Why? That the Lord, verse 4, may continue his word which he spake concerning me, saying, If thy children take heed to their way, to walk before me in the truth with all their heart and with all their soul, there shall not fail thee a man on the throne of Israel. The promise to David coming through Solomon. Okay? Is they're going to rule. Isn't that, isn't that neat? You need to rely on God's promises, people. Thy word have I kept in my heart that I might not sin against thee. In 2 Samuel chapter 7, promises were given to David. Now therefore, this is 2 Samuel 7 verse 8, Therefore so shalt thy say unto thy servant David, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I took thee from the sheep, sheep coat, from following the sheep, to be a ruler over my people, over Israel. For the Lord seeth, not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but look, looketh upon the heart. And I was with thee whithersoever thou wentest, and have cut off all thine enemies out of thy sight, and have made thee a great name, and like unto the name of the great men that are in the earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in the place of their own. Thank you, President Trump, for declaring America would recognize Jerusalem. <clears throat> Twenty presidents before him were going to do it, never had the manliness to do it. I'm not saying that I agree with everything that former President Trump is or did. Okay. 
that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, neither shall the children of the wickedness afflict them any more as before time. And as since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel and have caused thee to rest from all thine enemies, also the Lord telleth thee that he will make thee an house, his lineage. And when thy days will be fulfilled and thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, I will set up thy seed after thee, which shall proceed out of thy bowels, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build an house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. And I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commit iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men and with the stripes of the children of men. But my mercy shall not depart away from him, as I took her from Saul, when I put thee, I put away before thee, whom I put away before thee. In thine house and thy kingdom shall be established forever before thee, and thy throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so did Nathan speak unto David. Who fulfilled that prophecy? Now it was given unto Solomon, but Jesus has the sure mercies of David. He is the seed that fulfills the rule. And he's going to rule and reign for a thousand years. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, now I want you to turn to First Chronicles chapter twenty-two. See, God made promises concerning David's future seed. Those promises are fulfilled in Solomon partially, but also in Christ completely. First Chronicles twenty-two in verse nine. Behold, a son shall be born to thee who shall be a man of rest, and I will give him rest from all his enemies round about. For his name shall be what? And I will give peace and quietness unto Israel in his days. Why did God choose this man's name? Because the name Solomon means peaceable. The literal, the, the etymology of the name of Solomon means peaceable. He's going to have peace in his days. I've got a question. Do you may try to maintain peace? Are you a peaceable person? Are you a peacemaker? When there's a problem, do you try to resolve that together? Job said there was, he needed, there's no daysman to judge between me and God. You know who the daysman is? Jesus Christ. For there is one God and one mediator between God and the man Christ Jesus. He's the mediator. He's the peace giver. He's the bringer of peace. He brings opposing parties together. Matthew 5.9 says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. This morning, do you know the peace of God? And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hmm? Philippians 4.7 Are you a peacemaker? My wife is the peacemaker in our home. I'm a very passionate, compassionate person. 
I have to be careful not let my emotions take over. All right? Now, I can also be very logical. I, I'm a problem solver and this and that. But what it comes down to is Judy said, Honey, I don't like conflict. She was raised in a home where there was that struggle. And she goes, I don't want it. She just, she doesn't like friction or conflict. It makes her totally uncomfortable. So she works at trying to bring that about. When I start to elevate my voice, she wants me to talk softly. I tell people all the time when they're working, if I could just get it right in my home, you know how like we can give good counsel to everybody else, but you need to practice what you preach? Okay? A soft answer turneth away, but grievous words stir up. You ever notice when you start to get upset, you get a little bit louder, and the louder you get, the more upset you get? Biologically, that is a chemical process in your brain. It's been proven. It releases you lose control the louder you get. The Bible teaches, a soft answer turneth away wrath. I try to tell men, they commend marriage counseling, they commend men and women, and I said, do you yell at your wife? And they go, well, I can't help myself, she frustrates me. And I teach them, they can, they can help themselves, they're just not afraid of their wife. They could learn to talk softly, it would be better. My wife is very good at training dogs. She's consistent, and she's not loud. Dog frustrates me, and I go, get over here! The dog is cowering. They all come to her. Now, she does positive reinforcement. There's criticism, but there's also reinforcement. You know, all I'm saying with that is, I used to have, we had a dog. I used him to help teach people how it would work. And I'd call the dog in the office. I had this couple there go, what are you bringing the dog in for? Just give me a second. You know, I'm, I'm a kook. Okay, I'm a keeper of odd knowledge. I want you to see something. And I call the dog in. The dog's name was Jojo. My daughter loved the dog so much. She named their dog Jojo. And so I go out in Rockford, Illinois. Pretty soon I'll see another Jojo. And I'll come in and I'll go, Jojo, I love you. You are such a good dog. And the dog is cowering and drops down Puts its head down and its tail is not moving. And I look at the dog and I go, Jojo, I hate you. I'm going to put 22 in your ear and pull the trigger. <laughs> Nothing. He's got a nut for an owner, that's all. Okay. Because you know what it is? The dog responds to the Men, how many times maybe there's a conflict going on and your wife says, don't yell. And you say, I am not yelling. She goes, your tone is. That's what Judy said. The tone is. Okay. I didn't get loud. I'm, I'm a very loud person. I'm a street preacher. I mean, they don't overcome me with the music and Wilkett, do they, Mike? They, they turn the radio up and I get louder. I'm singing and preaching, okay? But that idea of the tone is how it affects so many people, okay? We need to think about that. What's the tone 
as you deal with people. And the peace of God which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Solomon reigned in glory and splendor over his people for 40 years. There has not been a kingdom like unto his in all the world. All the known world would come to sit at the feet of Solomon to learn of his wisdom. Solomon wrote the Song of Solomon. And I tell people all the time, they want practical wisdom and how to go through life. They need to read the book of Proverbs. I teach people financial soundness. I say, you don't read the book of Proverbs. Why? And I says, well, I can show you 60 verses in Proverbs that relate to what's going to happen to your finances by what you do. Is it how to do a startup? No. But the life choices that will affect your prosperity. Okay, so there's so many different things there. He wrote Song of Solomon, the book of Proverbs. Okay, I want you to go to 2 Chronicles 9.22. See, Solomon is, I told you, is so much, he's like Jesus in so many ways, in part of it. Not at the end of his life, because so many times God wants to know how you finish, not how you start. 2 Chronicles 9, verse 22. And King Solomon passed what? In riches and in wisdom. Okay? Now go to... Let me see where I am here. Colossians, chapter 2. We're going to finish up here, I promise. Colossians, chapter 2. Look at verse yeah, 2. Verse 2. That their hearts might be comforted, being knit together in love and unto all the what? Of the full assurance of understanding to the acknowledgement of the mystery of God in the Father, and of the Father and of Christ, in whom are what? He had all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. We have the promise. We have the promise. You use the book of Proverbs, you will sound like a very wise person. My mother was a mother to over 200 people in her life, not child, children born of her, people who called her mom. Kids who come from bad homes who worked at the hotel where she was the cook, and they'd come to, and they'd go, your mom, Jenny, has such practical wisdom. And she'd help people. My mother read her Bible every day of her life. Was she an out there? She wasn't out there like her son, okay? And I, I asked her, Mom, why do people, you know, I, I says, I always thought you were smart, but why do people always say, she says, honey child, she was from North Carolina, honey child, I just give them a proverb and they think it's mine. Now you got to understand something. Solomon was the son of David. What's one of the names they use for Jesus Christ? Son of David. Matthew 9, 27. 
Revelation 22. I'll go to that one. Revelation 22, 16. And I have set mine angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David, the bright and morning star. Because they fulfill the promises given to David. Solomon built a temple. What is Jesus building? Now therefore ye are no more strangers or foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth unto a holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye are also built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Question this morning. If someone was to look at the way you live your life, would they be reminded of Jesus? And the disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. That's because they were Christ-like. We're to become more and more. He that's begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. You know what we all are? We're works in progress. This morning, are you seeking God's will for your life? You're going to find it in God's word. What do you think God has in store for you? I don't get too upset about what's going on in the world, even though I read a lot of different news things to be able to understand. I'm trying to picture the way things come together and how the Lord's going to do it. Okay? Because this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. If heaven's not my home, O oh Lord, what would I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's. So I can't feel at home in this anymore. Do you pray for God's will? God wants us as parents to mold and shape our children. God works through a church. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edification of the body of Christ, the pastors to help mold you. That's what this is about. That's what this Sunday school is about. God wants to protect and, and teach his sheep. What do you do in your home? Are they learning about Jesus through you? Will you be ready to give godly counsel to your children and your grandchildren? David had to give godly counsel and he had to protect Israel from someone who thought they should have the position. They thought they deserved it and it wasn't God's way. And all God's people said, Amen. Take a break.